we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, Subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Lakers Fast Break, all the great things that Melinda does with the Vampires and Vitae, but also do not forget the great things that you can get this holiday season by going ahead and going on over to HappyHoarderCollectibles.com. Check out the latest great pop culture gifts for someone in your life today at the Happy Hoarder. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He is a spooky rendition of Josh the Great. It is a good friend indeed. You got to go ahead and check out his awesome and amazing pop culture experience known as the Happy Hoarder and HappyHoarderCollectibles.com. It is Josh Peterson. And Josh, I know since next week, I'm going to go ahead and give you the week off because we're doing a state of pro wrestling. I figured we'd bump up. Our talk of horror talk this week. Looking forward to some chills, spills, thrills, and scares this holiday season. Yes, yes, indeed. I, you know, always love talking about horror movies. I don't really know many people who enjoy watching them, so uh, it's always a pleasure to talk about. It, especially since, like, you know, I don't really get to watch them as much as I once did. So this is exciting to me. I'm, I'm I've been looking forward to this chat. There you go, my friend. That'll be coming up here in a bit. Plus, also as well, we will be talking about some changes at Marvel because of what's gone with the SAG after strike and also some restructuring by Kevin Feige himself when it comes to the television and movie games. So I want to hear Josh's straight up thoughts on that as well. But first, my friend, it is the box office and Melinda and I were talking about the irony and all the interviews that have been going around in regards to the one of the greatest directors of all time in Martin Scorsese. Uh, he's back with a new film, Killers of the Flower Moon. You know, he's talking about this and that and how, you know, the industry should be and, you know, what type of movies should be presented to an audience. And wouldn't you know, Taylor Swift, as we had talked about and predicted on the Friday show, in all irony of ironies, Beats out Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, 31 million to 23 million here domestically. And with the Marvels, ironically, on the horizon, that will make it much more interesting. I, I think that it will have long legs, Killers of the Flower Moon, especially because of the fact it's going to be an award season favorite for many awards upcoming. But it's kind of funny, though, again, seeing the first results to see that Killers of the Flower Moon didn't quite have the takeoff that I think that a lot of people were hoping for. It makes you wonder, is it a matter of Martin Scorsese not being able to keep up with, um, you know, with what, or is it a matter of him being jealous of what's going on with like the, you know, the superhero films, or is it a matter of like his movies just don't hit modern audiences? Well, I know the three and a half hour runtime might scare away some people didn't for Oppenheimer, the three-hour runtime, because Oppenheimer is already closed in. Probably is going to fall just short of a billion dollars, but it's been a mega hit worldwide. 
And again, you know, the fact that it it was three hours didn't seem to intimidate a whole bunch of people, but three and a half hours. Do you think that might play into a little bit reason why that it just has not seen the success or maybe the time of year just before Halloween to bring out a movie such as this kind of seems like all the, there were, there were so many things working against it, including the SAG after strike. Obviously you're not going to get any of the interviews that you need from the PR tour that you could possibly have had there been no strike involved. You know, it's, it's weird because I think some of it is, he's built up some like bad uh bad will because of the comments that he's been making about movies and you know that's not to say i don't agree with some of the things that he's saying but i think it might have rubbed some people the wrong way and also you know you look at it, like a lot of movies are going for that long form film maybe not like three and a half hours but still pretty close right like look at most yeah. of the new superhero movies i guess that's a bad example but just any movie in general and i'm sure like when napoleon that's not the example he would want to give let's just put it that way right right but like you know look at oppenheimer napoleon's coming out i'm sure that's going to have almost a three-hour runtime. like it is anything that branches out and tries to tell like a decent story is these days goes beyond that two-hour mark and I think with a Scorsese film, like I loved The Departed. Like Departed was one of my it's one of my all-time favorite films, but he takes a really long time to tell his stories and often they don't pay off in the end. And you know, even looking at it, I was actually reading there's a, a lot of people are not happy with some of the themes that he chose to to go along with in his film. So I don't know. I mean, maybe there's there's a lot of factors playing against them. Maybe people just aren't. It's just not something that people are willing to go to the movies for. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's I have not heard a lot about it. So the the marketing might have been off. I didn't know that it even came out this weekend. Yeah, it's something where, again, where a lot of people were kind of, uh, you know, freaked out by the fact that this is a Oscar contender. It's not coming out in late November or December near Christmas. Usually that's when the big guns for the Oscars comes out. And this will probably be one of those most likely to succeed scenarios for the Oscars as far as, uh, you know, Robert De Niro, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Lily Gladstone. You know, those, those three are being prominently mentioned as well as Martin Scorsese. So, I have a feeling that, yes, it will be fondly remembered by the Academy come that time. Whether or not it has long enough legs and continues to go ahead and earn consistent money up until then before it hit Apple TV+, Plus, because it is a cooperational effort, and a lot of the money was pitched in by Apple TV+, Plus to get this made for this $200 million-plus movie. So I don't think it'll make it, its money back in the box office, but it has to go ahead and really charge up Apple TV plus in order for it to really substantiate itself as a winning product overall. Yeah. But, and then at the end of the day though, that's a lot of people are waiting till it hits streaming, not that movie in particular, but a lot of the other films that are coming out, people are just waiting until they come out on streaming services to watch them. It has to be some kind of big event film to get people out of their, off the couches, out of their house and into the theater. And I think that's where, the streaming community, not streaming community, but like streaming service are going to end up eating themselves because, you know, it's not, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that 
the, the movie, the, the film industry is going to end up eating itself because of these streaming services. And that's true. But again, it, uh, when it comes to these, you know, Apple TV plus, they've talked about trying to up their game and up the ante. They've talked about getting themselves into live sports uh, with, with either some more soccer slash football, uh, wherever you're listening to this or talking about more F formula one, things of that nature just trying different things and you know apple tv you know plus when it comes to apple they've got a you know just a cavalcade of money that they could, could throw out projects like this so it's not going to hurt them too much it's just that when it comes to what all these are tours talking about as far as their product being meant for the cinemas yet yeah. at the same time gladly taking money you know, from these streamers in order to head, go ahead and get these movies made. It just, it just seems ironic that, you know, for instance, like his last film, The Irishman, The Irishman only appeared in theaters for a very short time. It was basically meant for Netflix. And he, you know, it just seems like when he says one thing, I don't want to say he's being hypocritical, but it certainly leans in that direction when he talks about the money he gets from Apple TV Plus and Netflix for these films. Yet he wants to make sure that you first and foremost try to go see it at the cinema. Yeah, and it, it uh, sure maybe a lot of movies are you know movies made by Scorsese, Chris Nolan, people like that. Like maybe they're meant to be seen in the theater. But yeah, I mean when you're getting ready to throw some streaming money at something, you're or when you're getting ready to accept some streaming money, you know the it's a it's a whole different story. Money money changes tunes. Money changes tunes but not personal opinion so you're going to if you're getting paid a lot for something then you know you're you're just gonna let it happen you know money money makes the world go around so they say that's true indeed but you know it, before we go ahead and head to the break i wanted to ask you this you know taylor swift's movie obviously is still generating money even though it, it, went, it was down almost 70 percent from the original weekend will still continue to make money but when it comes to a movie such as this, it is something that's going to be at the forefront, a talk for the Oscars, but there are several other movies as well, including Oppenheimer. Barbie will probably get a lot of mention as well and some others. I wonder how well it sits with, with Martin Scorsese to see that there's a good possibility that Barbie and some other movies that he may not normally be approving of you know, in his mind, you know, get the same kind of public attention. And in this case with Barbie and Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, I think he'll probably be okay with because, it, you know, obviously it's Jonathan Nolan, someone who sees everything the, the same way that he does. But when it comes to a movie like Barbie, you know, he said a good thing about the Barbenheimer experience as a whole. But when Barbie might get recognized a lot more at, you know, or a lot at Oscar time, I wonder how he will perceive that, especially the fact that it's going to earn so much more money than his movie that's being released this weekend. Yeah, Scorsese's part of a, a dying generation, uh, not physically dying, hopefully, but you know the the type of film that they make is dying. Those those types of stories, the type of filmmaking that they do, is is slowly disappearing. And I think he's having a hard time, much like me, not wanting to go silently into an all digital future. I think Scorsese is fighting this, uh, the rise of the franchise film. I think he's fighting that because 
there is not really and it's sad but there's not really a place for filmmakers like him in the modern cinema landscape and um i think he's he's struggling with that he's struggling to adapt like chris nolan is someone who who adapts pretty well you know he can create something that does flow well with a modern audience i think scorsese is part of an old school generation of filmmakers that that is struggling with with what is happening right now well i'll tell you what though it is going to be interesting to see what kind of lifespan at the theaters uh, killers of the flower moon has It'd be interesting to see again it'll probably get a short burst once the oscar nominations are announced or if it does win oscars it'll probably get a short burst there but overall the lifespan what do i think it will or actually it will be very curious to see what the lifespan of this movie is as far as for the box office and also, when does it hit Apple TV Plus? Because once it hit Apple TV Plus, could it be an issue of timing where people predominantly want to see it on Apple TV Plus and not go back to the theaters for it or go see it at all? It's going to be very interesting to see that knowing that Apple is fronting a lot of this, expecting a big return when it comes to subscriptions and people gaining interest in its Apple TV Plus service. So yeah, be very interesting to see. But what are your thoughts out there on killers of the flower moon and how it performed this weekend are you going to go ahead and check it out at the theaters before the end of its theatrical run or are you interested in just checking it out at apple tv plus please let us know your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com thanks for checking out the pcc you know the pop culture cosmos we'll be back in one moment for the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. My friend, there's more to talk about on today's program. Marvel's been making some changes behind the scenes. I know you've been privy to that, my friend. I know we've discussed it a little bit, but I wanted to go more into detail, especially upon hearing the news last week that Deadpool 3 has been pushed back uh, due to production issues related to the SAG after strike. Remember, that was a movie that was going to be released later in 2024. It got moved up to the big first week of May 2024 deal. Now that's being pushed back. Captain America, which was in that slot, then got pushed off that slot, is now being put back in the May 2024 slot. That's the latest Captain Captain America, and that's coming out. You know, that's coming out in the first week of May. So that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. But your thoughts, my friend, it just tells me that Captain America, the latest movie, it's not no longer New World Order. It's the new Captain America movie. I'll get to the new name here in a second, but. Uh, that movie is now being pushed back into the spotlight in May 2024. Your thoughts on Deadpool being pushed back again and and actually Captain America moving up again back to May of next year? Uh, it says a couple of things. One, <clears throat> sorry, they're not really getting anywhere with the SAG-AFTRA strike, right? There, uh, yeah. there was some news where they had... I think they they met for a little bit and then yes. nothing ever came of that. And then George, then George Clooney, you know, he 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 and some other stars put in kind of like a a thing, contingency plan that they thought had they thought you know might be acceptable to both sides. 
going to be worth about about 150 million dollars or something like that something you know as far as that would be that he at least he thought would be beneficial for both sides but both parties i guess refused it so it looks like that they're going back to the table sometime this week but yeah it, it the sides seem farther apart than ever at this point in time it's crazy absolutely crazy because we're going to hit this point where there's there's no movies coming out at all like everything that's been cooking is going yeah. to be done and everything that was like halfway through being done is not going to be done so it's gonna be like a a year of like no movies coming out it's crazy with deadpool and captain america i don't know it may be maybe they're looking to make captain america like a flag flagship franchise again or, or not franchise but a flagship film again because maybe it's moving towards something big and they want him at the center of it um mm -hmm. Or maybe it's just a matter of Deadpool is, if you read about it, Deadpool is getting bigger and th this film is getting bigger and bigger. There's more cameos than ever before. So maybe because of the strike, there's it's, lo it's losing, not losing momentum, but it's slowing down because they're trying to get all these people in and they just don't have, they're not going to have time to film all these scenes yeah. uh, based on people's schedules. I don't know. It's hard to say. Captain America, though, I, I, I got to be honest, man. Like, I... I like the show, you know. Yes, I like by the way, it's Captain America: Brave New World. Brave New, New World. World. I like okay. New World Order better, but you know, they I thought like it New had World Order some. Too. But that you know, going back to especially to the '90s and wrestling, but you know, New New World Order probably would have been me for better, kept it, but I think there were some issues with that, so they they made it Brave New World. But go ahead, my friend. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. No, I I agree. I I I enjoyed the show well enough. I'm having a hard time imagining. A Captain America movie without Steve Rogers in some form. Like, is Anthony Mackie is he a leading man? What do you think? He did okay in the series. Uh, I think the fact that he has to have a lot of help uh, from Sebastian Stan. I think he, you know, as far as him, both those guys play off each other so well in that series. That's when the series was me was for me the best. Getting to know their stories together and getting to know and learn their relationship together. You know, also watching Sebastian Stan's, uh, AKA the winter soldiers backstory in the show was kind of a little bit interesting as well, as far as learning more about him, but uh, you know, just seeing their dynamic, I really think that they play off each other well. And I think that's, what's going to put them in that spot. So maybe if you don't think he has the same type of charisma that maybe you say a Chris Evans does in the captain American role, uh, I'd still say the dynamic between those two will push it over the top for a lot of people. Plus, uh, Anthony Mackie did a great job in Twisted Metal. Just the fact that, you know, it was on Peacock. So I don't know how many people actually got a chance to watch. I've been meaning to watch Twisted Metal. I keep forgetting that it's on and I need to turn that on. So is Sebastian Stan going to be in the new Captain oh, yeah. America? Or he's is he? A, he's a big... Okay. And not just not just the Thunderbolts. He's going to be a big part of this as well. Yeah absolutely okay well that's good that's good yeah because i i think that they they did work very well together i just anthony mackie's character they've always sidelined him so he's never really gotten a chance to shine so i think that's why i'm having a hard time you know imagining him like leading an entire film because even in the captain america show like when he became captain america he was not like a focal point. Um, you know, Sebastian Stan and what was the other guy, U.S. Agent, were yes. they were kind of the two focal points of the show. So this is why I'm having a hard time imagining it. So I hope that I'm pleasantly surprised. But 
um you know captain america is not like you know just to be honest it's not my favorite um my favorite of the avengers so i'm i'm cautiously optimistic We'll see what happens, my friend. But I, I really think when it comes to Deadpool 3, I think that would have been a probably the, obviously the more financially fiscal choice. Both, I think, can actually earn great money at the box office. I think just oh, because sure. of the fact that you that Captain America IP will probably go ahead and garner a lot of interest just because of what it is. And, uh, you know, I think that when it comes to Deadpool, it would have been made even more. But Again, it just the the after effects of the SAG after strike, my friend. It just when it comes right down to it, you know, it's affecting everything, and Marvel is probably one of the biggest entities that's affecting the most. Now, the TV side, you heard the recent things that were going on in regards to Daredevil, Born Again, having to go ahead and actually retool it. Kevin Feige got a hold of the first five or six episodes that were already shot didn't like what he saw so he sent the writers packing that were a part of it and brought some new people in there and they're actually basically retooling it from scratch so we'll see what's going on there but also he's been very unhappy and probably rightly so with with the product that marvel's been putting out there on television so they're revamping the way that they do marvel television i think it, i don't think it's the number of television shows because i know you said it was hard for you to keep it up at time i just think the quality was the issue which could be leading into one each other when you make so much marvel there's a quality issue in g but i think it's just across the board the television and the film product need to go ahead and you know kevin needs to go have the he needs to oversee it a lot closer in the future going forward because the product as it is right now isn't quite what it used to be I think they've fallen into a formula and they're having a hard time breaking free of it. I also think that Feige is feeling, <clears throat> I don't want to say threatened by James Gunn and what he's, you know, about to release, but I think there's a cause for concern there that they're, uh, you know, DC might surpass Marvel, not surpass Marvel, but, you know, James Gunn has worked for Marvel and now he's working for DC. So I think that there's some fear there, but also, yeah, like we're, we want quality stories and if they have to take longer to come out then that's fine but at the end of the day you know we all it, they have to put something good out like the 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 whole thing with daredevil from what i understand like they were trying to turn it into something that it wasn't meant to be so they they're trying to take him and move him away from what made him so great on on netflix and I guess that wasn't, it sounds like that wasn't working out so well. No, no, it doesn't sound like it was working out well at all. And hopefully it will get a fix. But yeah, just some of the projects were lackluster. While I really enjoyed Hawkeye, I know it was one of the least watched of the Marvel shows. Uh, Moon Knight, uh, I did not enjoy one bit. Uh, and that's something that, again, was also one of the least watched shows. And some of the other Marvel shows as well were not really viewed on, on and, you know, Secret Invasion. You know, that had a lot of hype to it and really let a lot of people down. And I think that's what the the camel that broke the the straw that broke the camel's back is is what we saw with Secret Invasion. That really was the straw that, that broke the camel's back on that one. Yeah, so I, I didn't get a chance to watch Secret Invasion. I did I did enjoy my time with Moon Knight. Miss Marvel was kind of a bummer to me. Yeah, that was that was and... eh, at best, so yeah yeah and i 
don't know. I'm trying to think of the last one I sat through. I, I started watching Loki again. Loki, yeah, Loki's okay, but uh, yeah, this season is not shaping up to be as great as the uh, the last season. I think that this season, especially, got off to a very confusing uh, you know, mm-hmm. foot uh, as far as the season's concerned. I think this latest episode, episode three, that I got a chance to watch was uh, a really good really strong the production value on it was amazing on this third one as opposed to what we saw previously but the you know the first two were just trying to do too much explaining too much like too much like people get turned off on star trek as far as you having to go ahead and explain everything to you as far as all the stuff and technical things and that they that's what they did in loki uh episode one season two it's just kind of too much of that but season uh episode three was more about them going and trying to figure out everything as far as how to fix it and in action it was more action involved and it was more uh you know the the interpersonal relationships involved and everything going on there so it seemed more uh, adaptable i think to a marvel audience and i think for that fact it was probably a lot better than what they've shown any time of the other episodes that it's shown this season so yeah i think through episode three if you get a chance to go through it uh for season two i think it's gets you back in the mood to watch loki yeah yeah and i'm 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 enjoying my time with loki but i the shows i don't know like i have a hard time getting through the shows like i'll start them not loki but you know just in general like i started hawkeye wasn't able to get through it you know i need to go back and finish it but like miss marvel like i wasn't able to get through the entire series moon knight was easier because it's so short but I I don't know I don't know like it's just the the quality is not the same as the films, or and I I struggle with that. Well, I know that a lot of people like yourself are struggling it with it too, and it's it's not. I mean, it's understandable. It's understandable that that you have those issues, and I could I could truly empathize with that. And we'll see because the Marvels is coming out here in the next couple of weeks, and it's going to be a true test. I mean, the numbers in advance are not what Captain Marvel did as far as that's concerned, what they're projecting it at, but it could still possibly do somewhere around a hundred million dollars for an opening. I think if it does a hundred million dollars or close to it for an opening, you know, domestically, I think that's a big win for a movie in early November, especially for a genre that is kind of fading at this point in time and needs some bit of life. So I'm hoping that we'll be able to go ahead and, and talk about great success with it. But even then, I don't know, because like you, a lot of people were kind of down on this Marvel, yeah, you know, Captain Marvel the first time around, even though it did over a billion dollars in, in at the box office, was that a product of the Marvel's machine at that point in time? Or was that a product that people actually wanted to go ahead and enjoy it? You know, I've grown to like Brie Larson's uh, Captain Marvel a lot more in recent uh, go-rounds than the first time around in Captain Marvel because I thought she was a little bit wooden at that in that first movie. But she's really come to, like, like similar like Thor. Similar like Thor, he, he, you know, she's really gotten her personality more injected the character. And for that, I'm really starting to enjoy it. And hopefully we'll get to see good things from it in the Marvels. You know, it's funny you're comparing, you're talking about Thor and Captain Marvel. Like, I... I don't like the direction that Thor has gone. Like you I, did I like feel like the, trading. You didn't like the comedy, Thor. No, well, I, I don't dislike the comedy, but I feel like they they with Thor especially like they're trading. And Marvel's been doing this all across the board. They're trading uh, story 
good storytelling for cheap gags. And that's something that I think needs to come to an end. And and that's that's also like what I'm imagining the Marvels to be like. I'm I'm imagining there's gonna be a lot of jokes. You know, they already it already judging by the trailers, it already already looks like looks like Miss Marvel is the uh the comic relief and I just if it's not going to tell a, a story that I can take seriously, I'm gonna have a hard time latching onto it. We'll see what happens, my friend, in a couple of weeks with the Marvels. And of course we got everything going on with Loki. But where are we at in the state of Marvel right now with all the changes being made behind the scenes for all the television stuff that they're doing going forward? Plus the changes that were made with Deadpool 3 being pushed back to October and Captain America, Brave New World being moved up or moved back into the May slot in 2024. Please let us know your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com. Oh, here you are. Well, that was pretty good timing. You're here and we're here. He was just seminal to so many people. Authentic and kind. Teach you something to make you feel good? Something very soothing, something very calming. Fundamental in developing me into the human being that I am today. You ask anybody in Canada, they know who he is. It's hard to imagine anyone having had a bigger influence on my life. It's the award-winning documentary, Mr. Makeup, The Magic of Make-Believe, available now on Amazon Prime Video. Well, my friend, before we head on out, it's that time of the year. We love talking Halloween stuff and horror stuff. And I know you said you don't get a chance to talk about it too much unless it's with me here once or twice every year. It seems like it's always a great conversation when we talk your favorites and horror for gaming, for TV, for movies. I will tell you this, and I will start off with this. To get you in something in the mood for this Halloween that is not something you've seen before, you should go out of your way to go to Netflix, and everybody else should too. Fall of the House of Usher, based off the work by Edgar Allan Poe. I mentioned here previously, it's gotten a 10 by IGN, gotten really high reviews across the board. I got a chance to see a good portion of it already, and I'm very impressed with what I see. It does give those halloween vibes those haunting vibes per se the thought of murder and uh, betrayal as far as this family is concerned but i want to give you that for starting point my friend but let's start off with some of the horror things as far as you like whether it's gaming whether it's video whether it's movies what tickles your fancy when it comes to horror my friend Okay, so I have my list here. Okay. Yes, that's what he was checking all out right. right now. He's like, I got my... That's what, yeah, sorry, I was, I was just getting it out. Um, all right, so gaming is is hard for me because I don't like to be scared when I'm playing games because I get it gives me anxiety. And when I have anxiety, like, I don't... I need to, like, turn the lights on. I need to take a break every few minutes. And I don't know. I'm, I'm With games, I'm kind of a... Uh, what's the word i'm looking for i'm kind of a a scaredy cat with games because well i do dead space one of my all-time favorites right if you haven't played the remake definitely play it's less scary because in high def you can actually like see the things what made the original dead space scary was the fact that the the graphics yes right right so you couldn't see any of the things coming at you and even when they did attack you they 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 look like um you know they would often get stuck in the walls or they'd like blend in with a with a mop or something so you like it it had 
you didn't know where it was coming from but in the dead space remake you can see them it's less scary uh the last game that i played that truly like terrified me was uh resident evil village and that was they put you in this part where like you're in this house and there's this little like i think it's like a doll creature Mm -hmm. and you're walking around the house and you just hear its voice in the background and you can hear footsteps and you're like oh my gosh it had my heart pumping so hard that I thought I was going to have a panic attack because you have to get around the house before this thing catches up to you. So that's, that, that that's where I'm at for games. Let's, let me jump over to you though, for games. What, what do you, anything in that category for you? I actually have something for you, my friend, uh, you know, to start off with, and that is you, you, if you haven't got it on your PC or if anybody out there hasn't got it on our PC and they're listening to this on the week of October 22nd 2023 jump on over to epic games because right now for free two of bethesda's horror games the evil within are absolutely Mm. free evil within is absolutely free right now so you go ahead hop on you download it and then on the 26th of october the evil within 2 is absolutely free for those on epic games so just want to give everybody a heads up on that those are very interesting as far as the the type of horror genre there. Dead Space, you mentioned it earlier. It is one of the highest rated games of the year as far as the, I don't want to say not the reboot per, per se, but the remake per se of this. It has been something that a, a lot of people have been really fascinated by. Resident Evil Village. What always gets me on that one is not the scares per se, Josh, but it's the, the attention to detail. This was one of the first games that I think really kicked off this next generation. If you check, if you play it out on a PS5, play it out on Xbox Series X, or you play it out on a high-end PC, you will see the attention to detail in the facial animations that make it so much more haunting and so much more scary. And that's to me is one of the reasons why Resident Evil Village really is probably to me one of the best of the Resident Evil games, almost dating back to the entire list. You know, obviously Resident Evil 4, people loved that one the most, and I get that. You know, I liked RE5. I know there's a couple, uh, RE7 uh, is also very good, but Resident Evil Village is probably the one that I think is really resonating with me for quite a long time. That's because just the attention to detail in the graphics to me just mesmerizes and makes it so much more haunting of an experience. Oh, absolutely. You know, the the most terrifying thing about most of the Resident Evil games is that there's always some larger than life character chasing you around some very small space. In Village, it was Lady Lady Demescu, I think her name was. Uh, Resident Evil 2, you have the, uh, you know, the big guy. uh, Resident Evil 3, you have Nemesis following you around. I don't know. It's uh, that really gets the old blood pumping when that happens. Are you a Silent Hill guy? I've never been a Silent Hill guy, so I want to get your thoughts. Have you? Are you a Silent Hill guy? So I I played Parasite Eve, but Silent Hill was one that I never got into. I just I think it just went past my radar when I was younger. Okay, that reason that reason why I just ask. I know that's a still that's a stalwart uh, of uh, video game horror 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 video games and. The thing is, you know, they keep trying to talk about a reboot possibly for the Silent Hill series, but it never seems to come to full fruition. So I'm interested to see if that ever happens. But yeah, that, yeah. that's probably where I'd lean to as well. 
is Bioshock to you a horror game at all? Uh, it has horror elements to it. I, th- yeah, it does have some scary parts too, but I wouldn't consider it a horror okay, game. I think some it- people are, and I'm not sure that. There is, though, a game that you are going to be playing in the not-too-distant future that does delve in the horror genre, and that's Alan Wake 2, the sequel to one of your all-time favorite games, because since I've known you, you have raved about the original Alan Wake experience. You know, where's my flashlight? Where's my flashlight? But Alan Wake 2 ups the ante even more. Uh, it's coming out this later this week, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on that as far as your Alan Wake experience. I believe that you could probably classify as a horror video game. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot about that. Yeah, Alan Wake is definitely a horror um, horror genre game because most of the game you're in the dark, you're being chased by shadows, there's monsters, and not monsters, but what you like I guess shadow monsters you can call them. But yeah, Alan Wake is, is definitely, it's a game that hits all the elements of a good horror game perfectly uh, has good storytelling. The characters are developed well. You're invested in what's going on. It, there's jump scares like uh, crazy shadows with chainsaws and uh, really great sound editing. I, I, ca- I can't say enough good things about Alan Wake, but yeah, Alan Wake too. I'm, I'm excited about, I forgot that it's actually coming out this week. So that's a, that was a, pleasant surprise this morning when i was reading some articles about it can't wait for it but i i think what made they moved it back they moved it back because they were freaking out over what we saw last weekend with spider-man 2 Mm -hmm. and then also as well with super mario brothers wonders and then you know they're just trying to i don't know i i'm not sure i would have released this now even though it is in this halloween spirit because there's a very real possibility alan wake 2 even though no matter how well it gets rated could get trounced by so many other really good to really great games that are coming out in the same time frame. You know, what's funny is Alan Wake one came out around the same time. Some other big games were coming out too. And I think that it, it just had a cult following and people just picked it up over time. So maybe Alan Wake two will benefit from that, but it's well, okay. Let me ask you this with the kind of budgets they put into games like this, you know, how much really do you need out of a cult following to be able to financially support it for a long time? This is uh, times are different, my friend. Times, yeah, times are different. That's a good point. I, Alan Wake too. So I am wondering if they're going to be. I I hope that they will, but I wonder if they're going to be able to recapture that magic, anyways. Because one of the things that made the first Alan Wake game so great was its setting. You know, you're in the woods, you're in this forest and talking to these people who are slightly unhinged. Um, are they going to be able to bring that back? And I think that if word of mouth is not great coming off this game, I think people will still play it, but I don't think they're going to pick it up on day one. And that's something that we're going to have to evaluate and see, because again, you know, a lot of people are trying to deal with, with, what games that they need to get right now. And there's so many good games right now. This is one of the best years ever for video games. No question about it as far as highly rated video games, one after another, after another, after another. So it'd be interesting to see where Alan Wake 2, by the end of this week, when it comes out, where it will fall as far as that's concerned. And then by the time that we get to the best sellers of the year, where Alan Wake 2 falls out. So it'll be very interesting to see how that game which actually fits this genre of horror really you know where it lies in so we'll see but 
my friend, I know some horror movies that are always on your tap. So what else do you have for games before we head on into movies? Uh, I don't have anything for games. That is, that's, that's kind of the end of my list. I got a couple TV okay. shows and I got some movies here. Go for it, my friend. Um, all right. So TV shows, like you said, the, um, uh, shoot, the, the Edgar, oh, Follow the House of Usher yes, um, has been pretty good so far. I really loved The Haunting of Hill House. Like, that is one of my all-time favorite horror shows. Did not like Haunting of Blind Manor that much, but Hill House was absolutely terrifying, and the story was really great. And, and who, who, who can argue against the fact that Supernatural, at least up until Season 5, was an amazing show? Absolutely. I couldn't, couldn't uh, disagree with you on that at all, so I couldn't agree with you more on that. But again, when it comes to some of the TV, if you have got to check it out, if you're really interested in some really spooky stuff, go ahead and check out Follow the House of Usher. But getting to the movies, obviously the Conjuring series has done an amazing job. Uh, the latest Exorcist movie that unfortunately is going to probably cause Universal to take a nice bath. And, you know, talk about some blood there. It's going to be somebody's going to be bathing in some blood there and not the kind that you really want to bathe in for that one. But uh, tell me some of your influences as far as the horror genre when it comes to movies, my friend. All right. So, like, you you know, you already named The Conjuring. Uh, Sinister. I don't know if you ever saw Sinister with uh, Ethan Hawke. Like, that was a truly terrifying movie. Mm-hmm. But it's also really well written. Like, that. that's... You know, I got I have a thing, right? You know, I like my colors and I like my my stories. And Sinister had a really great whoever wrote it did a really great job with it. Signs is another one that I really love. I don't know if you can consider it horror or sci-fi. I think it's a mixture of both, but that one was also really well done. Well, let me ask you this, M Night Shyamalan. Where do you classify him? I classify him uh, in a lot of occasions as horror. I think he dips into horror quite a bit for a lot of his movies. Yeah, I think he does. I, I think he he dabbles in suspense, and that ends up turning into horror in a weird way. But he's also somebody that just like takes takes things and is like like when two kids have like an air fryer, not an air fryer, but a um. Yeah, an air fryer, and they're like, "Oh, let's let's see how this tastes if we fry this." And they'll put it in there, and sometimes the things taste good, sometimes they don't. That's M Night Shyamalan for you. Like he'll just make whatever he wants, and sometimes it hits, and sometimes it doesn't. Actually, there's a good deal right now. If you go to Best Buy, you know, while they still have physical meat, because <laughs> they're getting yeah, rid of that, so bad that will be disappearing. There's a four-movie collection with Old, The Visit, Split, and Glass with M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, if you want, to, if you're interested in it, please go ahead and check that out. But uh, you know, he does delve into it quite a bit. I still tell you, my friend, after all these years, one of the best horror directors is Steven Spielberg of all time because he was really, even in his crossover movies and his great movies of of that have been known throughout the ages. He gets away with a lot of stuff that the censors allow him to get that have scared kids and scared adults for quite some time. I, I'm going to tell you right now, he I mean, Jaws is obviously back then it was scaring a lot of people and it, it earned a great deal at the box office. But do you remember the horrifying scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark when they uh, opened up the ark? I mean, a lot of, a lot of kids at that time had quite a bit of nightmares, my friend. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he does a lot of things just to shock people. But I think he's also very good at using those lingering shots to create that terror. Uh, Although like, now it looks pretty phony when you watch it now, like on YouTube, you see watch that scene. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's so yeah, phony. Things, things have changed, that's for yes. sure. But you know, you notice how he lingers on like the shark when people are about to get eaten, or he'll linger on the T Rex in Jurassic Park. Like he creates horror. He like he uses suspense to to create horror, much like M Night Shyamalan. But he also like I think he has a secret secret like love for horror films i think he wants to make one but he's afraid to break into that genre because well war of the worlds had touches of it and then obviously you know what he did uh with poltergeist poltergeist is probably you know that that movie was i think still a pg-13 movie yet crossed many lines of the horror genre oh yeah it's well it's considered a horror film yeah Uh, i think that's something that again that really was able to go ahead and his clout was able to go ahead and instead of, you know, cause let's say Joe Schmo director makes it, that movie's getting slapped with an R and you know, that's, that's being the case. And probably at that time, there probably would have meant less people going to see it, but he sla- he was uh, able to go ahead and get a lower rating for it. And obviously was a benefactor of it at the box office because, you know, Steven Spielberg has that kind of clout and more power to him more power to him because of the greatness that he's had as far as over his career, but he's able to go ahead and sneak some things in, especially in the horror genre, which always makes me think that, man, he's just able to put things into his films that no one else can. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's good. And people, I think he's the, the studios trust him well enough to say like, Oh, well, Steven says does our rating, then maybe we won't put one on there. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. So let me ask you this, my friend. Where do you put in the pantheon of films some of the great horror movies that are out there? The series like Resident Evil. I don't know if it's great, but you can talk it's a series that earned over a billion dollars for Sony. Obviously, the Halloween series with Michael Myers, and then obviously the Friday the 13th series. Those three series lasted years. And in fact, we've seen reboots of some of this as well already. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre as well. So when it comes to these pantheon of IPs in the horror genre, where do you rate them? Where do you feel like you you consider them in the pantheon of great horror movies? I don't know. I look at it like Friday the 13th. I, 
I actually, you know, enjoy those enjoyed those movies. I not so much anymore. But I I was always a fan of those. I don't know. There's just something like they I they went places, you know, that a lot of movies didn't go at the time, you know, and I love the setting. I love the backstory. Uh so I would say that that J um yeah Jason is definitely the uh at the pinnacle of horror um horror Freddy Krueger can't wait till they reboot that saw they've just brought out a new saw movie so yeah there's there's still so much embedded in the horror genre and you and I always talk about how if you can make a film to start off your career you might want to lean into the horror genre you only need to make it for like 10 get a, a small budget you know okay small meaning 10 20 million dollars yet you can quickly turn around that into something much more profitable which allows you different things like Justin Lin he started yeah. out in the horror yeah. genre as well so yeah definitely just something if the horror genre needs not to be underrated at all oh yeah well look at the uh was it the um the guy that that's doing uh fall of the house of usher what's his name um uh, let me let me check on that. Go ahead. Uh, but yeah, you you were saying. Anyways, he uh he he's the one that made Paranormal Activity. Like that's how he got his start making Paranormal Activity. So yeah, I mean he's still in the horror genre, but he was able to do bigger stories with you know bigger budgets. And yeah, you, I mean it's not you're not wrong about that. I will say this though, when it comes to the Fall of House Usher, I think it's something you cannot afford to miss and. Before we head on out, my friend, I want to hear from you your favorite horror movie of all time. All right, let me get my list back out here. So my favorite horror movie of all time is one that, um, you know, is is a very controversial film. Like, I I really love the movie The Mist. So I hated it, directed by Frank Durabont, uh, based on the Stephen King novel. I hated it at first, really hated it because it just it irritated me so much, but the way that they horrified terror not terrified horrified but so, sorry the way that they terrified you while watching that movie and then the way that they psychologically terrified you in the end of the movie it was a full is a very visceral experience that used all of the senses except for smell you know like you could you put yourself there and you're seeing things and you're hearing things and it's almost like you can feel some of these things that are happening it's a very um psychologically intense film and because of that i really admire it i will tell you right now though the fall of the house of usher on netflix is just truly tremendous it is directed by mike flanagan and michael yep. finn mcnari so uh, kudos to both for creating something really, really good. And, you know, whether it's Carrie from back in the day, you know, just some of the <laughs> great movies that have come up over the years. And to me, I think the Evil Dead series is probably one of my favorite, especially with Bruce Campbell going back just this, you know, because they were able to put the comedy element into it for me. I think that makes it to me. And plus Sam Raimi, guess what? Again, another director getting a start in theaters in movies based off the horror genre so for me i think the evil dead series i think is probably one of my favorite before we head on out my friend oh evil dead's amazing yeah no no doubt about that but that's also a movie that you wouldn't be like i know they they did a remake in the uh you know with the the mom and her kids but 
it's like the original Evil Dead is not a movie you would be able to make today. Get Absolutely. out. Get Out is probably my favorite movie, singular movie, horror movie in the horror genre. So I'd probably say that's probably number one. But yeah, it's the Evil Dead series is probably a series. It's probably pretty cool for me as well. But yeah, my friend, uh, any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? No, it'd just be interesting to see. Uh, you know, you used to be able to go to the movie theaters and there's always a horror movie of some kind out that people would go see. So I'm just curious, like in, you know, in the next six months to to a year like if that's going to be a thing or if we're only going to be seeing horror movies on streaming services well we'll see my friend i think the horror movie genre will be brisk and will be continue to be strong because of the fact you can always lean on the fact that horror movies uh, you know they they cost so little compared to the other big budget movies but usually can get a decent return. Sometimes a big return. Sometimes it evolves into the conjuring, my friends. So you never, never know for sure. But we'd love to hear your thoughts on the horror genre. What are your favorite horror movies or TV shows and series and horror video games? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Please let us know on our social media. In the description below, you can put in the comments right there or popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. Next week, I'm on, of course, the State of Pro Wrestling, of course, with my good friend for the PVD cast. But any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? No, I mean, we're getting closer to our Black Friday episode. And with uh, physical media disappearing, I'm curious what type of sales we're going to be seeing here. Could see a lot of closeouts indeed. And Josh, before we head on out, just wanted to go ahead and throw down some more suggestions for this Halloween season when it comes to video games. And also throw out some TV shows coming this week that'll kind of get you in that Halloween mood as well. Want to make sure everybody knows about PT. PT, it's not a game that you can download, but as the story goes, if you were able to go ahead and actually get it at the time, it was kind of like a teaser for an upcoming Silent Hill game didn't quite work out that way it's a very very highly rated and excellent kind of like demo slash full game so to speak but you have to go ahead and make sure you find the particular playstation 3 that has it because it was only available for a short amount of time you have to go ahead and try and find that way or be able to find maybe a, a copy online on for the pc you can go ahead and check that out there. But also Alien Isolation. Josh, I know you're a big fan of the Alien series. I know this one really, really gets a lot of good jump scares. So I know both of those games are really good. And for remakes, I know we were talking about the Dead Space remake earlier. But if you have a chance, the Resident Evil 2 remake is really, really good. And I highly recommend that as well. I know we mentioned the Resident Evil games. I know I mentioned the Evil Within 1 and 2. Reminder... If you could check it out this week as you're as we're airing this, go ahead and check it out on the Epic Game Store. Free of charge right now, The Evil Within on the Epic Game Store as I'm talking. And then Evil Within 2 free later this week on the Epic Game Store. So hopefully you get a chance to go ahead and download that. Five Nights at Freddy's. Not only should you play the game if you haven't already, that'll give you some nice scares. But also as well, it's coming out as a movie this weekend. Looking forward to it. Not only is it available in theaters, but that's doing a simultaneous release on Peacock. So definitely look forward to Five Nights at Freddy's. Also as well, you want to go ahead and make sure that you 
check out on the TV some really good horror stuff that's coming available to you. American Horror Stories on FX and Hulu. The season premiere, four episodes on the way. Looks like it's going to be really, really chilling time for this weekend for American Horror Stories. The long-running series. Definitely looking forward to seeing what this new season will be all about. The final season for Fear the Walking Dead. And this is the fall half, the second half of Fear the Walking Dead. This is the closeout, the final episodes, and the fall premiere is this week. So go ahead and check out Fear the Walking Dead as well on AMC if you get a chance. And like I mentioned, Five Nights at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's, if you remember your old Chuck E. Cheese days, this is Chuck E. Cheese gone really wild as far as the characters there. They're kind of loosely based off that, but they're a lot more dangerous and a lot more scary. So I'll tell you what, if you're into horror this week with the mood being in all Halloween, please go ahead and check out those great properties. And if you have any thoughts on Halloween, Great ideas, suggestions, shows, video games, movies, or more. Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com Before we head on out, I want to go ahead and make sure that you know about Josh's site one last time. It is HappyHoarderCollectibles.com, a.k.a. The Happy Hoarder, where you can pre-order some great things, including some Dragon Ball Z items, My Hero Academia items. Right now, they've got a ton of stuff at HappyHoarderCollectibles.com, including Lord of the Rings, Funko Pops, stuff from San Diego Comic-Con, my gosh, comes to DC, Marvel, there's also Gundam, a whole bunch of that, Power Rangers, a whole ton of stuff, including video games, collectibles, please support him today. It is HappyHoarderCollectibles.com, the Happy Hoarder, my good friend Josh, please go ahead and support him. If you're interested at all in action figures, collectibles, comic books, video games, trading cards, DVD, Blu-rays, and more, go ahead and check it out today. HappyHoarderCollectibles.com I believe you'll be glad you did. So please join John Orlando from the PVD cast next week for, of course, the State of Pro Wrestling. And check us out each week right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. And of course, upcoming later this week with Melinda. Got a great show upcoming there. She's got some interviews. We got some interviews coming up here in the near future as well. So looking forward to hearing what you have to say. And we're here looking forward to everything that we're doing in the world of pop culture right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.